Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of Take Back Dad. Today I'll be sharing some more advice that I got as we prepared to have our baby girl. This advice was a pivotal moment for me as I wrestled with what my role was going to be during our labor and delivery. I had so many thoughts and was asking so many people and nothing really resonated with me until I heard this advice. Everything after this just kind of seemed to fall into place. As we were preparing for our baby girl to come, you can imagine we had a lot of things going on at once. We were painting the house and the nursery. We were buying things. We were buying lots of things. Uh, We were car shopping. And we were researching all the different techniques in going through the pregnancy, labor, and delivery. And there was so much stuff being thrown at us. The weirdest part about this is that the internet somehow found out that my wife was pregnant. It just knew. We were inundated with stuff. Too much stuff to actually get through. Nonetheless, we were all about reading and learning as much as we could about preparing for having a new baby come into our lives. Some things were useful, some things weren't. Some things were downright crazy and weird, and I started to get a little worried about the little things. Like, where do I park if I have to drive my wife in in an emergency? What's the best route? What should I put in my go bag? Should I call anybody? What happens if I pass out during the delivery? What do I do if I don't like the nurse? Am I allowed to use the bathroom in the delivery room? Yes, I really wondered if I could or not, or if they had a special one that I had to go to. What if the doctor didn't come on time? Is speeding to the hospital justified? Would the cop understand if I didn't stop? Should I take brownies to win the nurses over? So I had a lot of questions, and my wife and I decided to attend a class at the hospital uh, that we were going to deliver at. And we went to a simple birthing class. And by simple, I mean it was eight to nine hours and was quite involved. And I'm not going to lie, only a little bit of this class stuck with me. But the most important thing I learned from this class was really the foundation from which I answered every other question I had during this whole process. I learned from my birthing class a simple phrase. And that phrase was, own the room. The nurse teaching this class said, look dads, if you are the birth partner, Know the birth plan and execute the birth plan. There will be times when the mom is not going to be in the mood to speak and it is your responsibility to carry out the wishes of mom. You need to own the room. Bingo. This resonated. I could definitely own the room and I could do it well. It was the plan after all. We had already discussed and I was the birth partner. My wife and I worked out her wishes and I studied them. I knew exactly what she wanted Something I really loved about this too was that my wife and I discussed the labor and delivery process. She knew how she wanted things to go, discussed them with me, and we landed on a birth plan together. My point with sharing this is that owning the room is something dads can do and we can do it well. It was a very meaningful way for me to approach the delivery day. Let me further explain where I'm coming from. I actually struggled with our first nurse during labor. She was a bit pushy and a little apathetic. I don't blame her though. She has a job and she was executing her job. She was actually a fine nurse. Uh, But that said, I also had a job and I was executing my job. And so by the time we got to the hospital, my wife had already been in very active labor for six hours. I was on high alert, making sure that my wife was attended to quickly, efficiently, correctly. I knew our plan and again, I was executing our plan. We had also hired a doula who was absolutely wonderful, but we didn't call her right in the beginning. We called her after a few hours in the hospital. We arrived at about 6.45 a.m., and the doula did not come until maybe between 10 and 10.30. 
And so I was in charge because, well, my wife was quite preoccupied and focused. Contractions were every two minutes. Uh, my wife was not comfortable in bed. Uh, she was most comfortable on the exercise ball, and she probably labored 90% on the exercise ball. So while she was on the exercise ball, the fetal heart rate monitor was not connected. So we only put the monitor on intermittently, but it was not reliable. It would frequently turn off and show a flat line. Every time that monitor showed a flat line, I thought my baby died. Maybe a first time dad thing, maybe I'm a bit inexperienced, doesn't matter. I was worried when that thing would show a flat line. My wife could feel the baby moving and she was not concerned. But I was not going to ask her every time that thing went flatline if she could feel the baby moving. So I just sat there and worried. I even pushed the button for the nurse to come in at one point, and she didn't. That made me kind of angry. I just wanted the monitor to stay on, or at least I wanted the nurse to possibly come looking to see why it had gone off. This went on for hours. And hour after hour, every time that monitor stopped detecting a heartbeat, I worried, and it was just stressing me out. So at 6 p.m., our nurse's shift ended, and the new nurse came in. She came in and did her introductory stuff, checked on my wife, and was about to leave. At this point, too, after 17 hours of active labor and 8 hours of transition labor, the doctor told my wife that it was necessary to get an epidural or she ran a serious risk of having to do a C-section. See, her cervix essentially went backwards. It started swelling and actually closing up. So we were grateful that the doctor picked up on this, but my wife's body needed a rest as soon as possible, hoping that the cervical swelling would go down. So not only the swelling, she had been in transition labor for hours and only had 30 seconds between each contraction. So when our new nurse walked in, my wife had barely just gotten the epidural and she was laying in bed and she was just starting to get comfortable. And knowing that she was going to be laying in bed and not really moving around and getting comfortable, hopefully napping a little bit, I wanted to be able to watch this heartbeat monitor closely. And I admit, I was kind of worked up at this point because, well, the whole time we were there, I felt like I was being neglected a little bit. And by I, I mean the heart rate monitor. So before our nurse left the room, I got her attention and said, you know, the whole time I've been here, I have apparently been the only person who cares about this heart rate monitor. Every time it fails to detect my baby's heart rate, I think my baby is dead. And it makes me a little upset that nobody's tending to this monitor. So I'm going to ask you and expect you to come in and check on this thing if that monitor turns off again and shows a flat line. And she could obviously see that it had been a long day. I'm sure that's nothing new. And she could tell that my wife was finally getting a much needed break. And she could also tell that I had been a little frustrated with our first nurse. She was super sweet about it. A few minutes later, my wife had a contraction, and of course the baby's heartbeat slowed down during this contraction, and I watched it, I knew what was going on, but after about 20 seconds, this nurse came in, and she took a few minutes to explain to me what was happening, why the heartbeat slowed, she explained the monitor to me, and the appropriate ways to read it, she explained the quote-unquote worry zones. I knew the things that she was explaining to me, but the most important thing I understood at this point was that she was on our team. I was making sure things were working appropriately. Granted, there may not have been a real emergency, but I saw a problem, and I went about to solve the problem. Part of owning the room, at least for me, and in this instance, was to make sure the nurses knew what was important to me, my wife, and how she could best be on our team. I did not want to be grumpy at the nurses. That simply would have been wasted energy. 
I was operating as my wife's mouthpiece because I knew our plan and I knew what my role was. My wife was able to outsource to me her wants and needs because, well, that was my job. We agreed that that would be my job. Now, the thing about plans is plans change. We went in with a birth plan and we went in expecting there to be changes to the birth plan. My role changed a few times, but whenever my role changed, I knew I had to execute. I was given a job, and it was a job I knew I could do. I was in charge of the room, and I had to roll with the punches here and there. As I mentioned, my wife felt most comfortable laboring on an exercise ball. As it turned out, she felt most comfortable not only on the exercise ball, but with me standing in front of her so she could rest her forehead on my stomach as I stood there. And we stood like this through each contraction for hours. A quick side note here though, another thing my wife and I spoke about before going into labor with the help of our doula of course was to keep my wife moving in lots of different positions about every 30 minutes. Again, something I could totally own. I can't say I was perfect because there are a lot of variables when in the delivery room, but I can say that I paid close attention to making sure my wife was moving around. If it meant swinging her hips or bouncing on the medicine ball, I encouraged her to do so. Again, I had a job, and I was executing this job to the full extent that my wife could participate. That said, my wife felt most comfortable on the exercise ball, so we found ourselves back on the ball quite frequently. Every time a contraction came while sitting on the ball, I bent over and whispered to her that she was strong, capable, and that our baby was coming to meet her. This was my job. It was simple. Be there through each contraction and whisper to her that she was strong, capable, and that our baby was coming. We had discussed beforehand what things I could say to her to bolster her and give her strength. These tender moments were actually quite profound. My wife was very focused and very uncomfortable. It was difficult for me to witness this uh, and not be able to do anything to help her. My job was not to make her comfortable, though. We discussed this in advance, too. It, It was not my job to make her comfortable. That's pretty impossible during labor. My job was to support her and hold her and tell her she was strong, capable, and going to meet our baby soon. My job was proactive support in whatever form that she needed. Sure, we had the plan, but that changed a few times. Every time it changed, however, pieces of our plan acted as a foundation that we were able to build on, and it was very helpful. There were a couple times when my wife was really feeling thirsty and quite fatigued, Again, I made a point beforehand to know where I could find things like juice and slushies and snacks. As I noticed her fatigue getting worse and worse, I simply said, Hey, you seem fatigued over the last few contractions. Would you like some juice to help you with your energy? She would give me a simple nod or whisper a small yes to me, and I'd run and grab her some juice. Again, my role changed, but I had done my homework to know how to execute my role. My role was to provide a way for her to get some juice. We had also discussed that I would get her as much food as I could get to her. Sure, not overly popular with the hospital staff, and we certainly cleared this with our doctor. I did not need to rely on the nurses for some sort of permission or direction. I didn't need to rely on our doula. I knew what my plan was, and I was willing to execute that plan the best that I could. I knew what roles I would need to take on because my wife and I discussed them. I was keeping her moving, making sure her equipment was working, making sure she was receiving those things like juice and such that she had told me before she would want, and I was able to do so with confidence because we had a game plan. I didn't have to ask her what she wanted, she had already told me. I recently spoke with a friend of mine who was a delivery nurse. 
I asked her what makes a dad stand out above others in the labor and delivery. She simply said, a dad who is proactively engaged, a dad who finds something to do to help and just does it. There wasn't anything specific here, and I'm not about to suggest that a good dad delivers a baby or rubs feet or rubs shoulders or does anything specific like that. I am simply suggesting that as dads, we might take on a few different roles in the room, but we can and should absolutely own the room. We should know our plan and execute the plan the best that we can. My wife had laid out the guardrails for her labor and delivery. She knew the principles by which she wanted the whole labor and delivery to operate. Basically, she set the guardrails and I steered. Barring any emergency where I would absolutely abdicate any role I have to the skill of the nurses and doctors, my wife's wishes were the final word and I executed her plan the best that I could. Our doula was present and we had a good working relationship. While I owned the room, the doula was given free reign to employ her opinions and expertise as she felt necessary. It's what we hired her for, and you know what? We'll hire her again. While I could certainly pay attention to the time and know it was time to move my wife again to a different position, the doula had expertise in different positions that might best help. She could better spot warning signs. She could dig into her well of knowledge and experience to apply to our situation, and her help was extremely valuable. Between my wife, the doula, and myself, no role went without an owner. We knew our roles. I could certainly point out things that I could have done better. Hindsight is, of course, 2020. But that said, the room was ours. It didn't belong to the nurses or the doctors. While we were there, that room was ours. Again, barring any emergency, my wife was in charge. She led us through the birth plan and leaned on me to execute her plan. That plan included her doula. When we interviewed our doula, I told her that I wanted our relationship to be simply that I was the head coach and she was the assistant head coach with the playbook. She laughed and agreed. She was thrilled to have a plan and a good working relationship with us. She knew we weren't hiring her to do everything. She knew exactly what her role was. I told her to feel absolutely free to make suggestions and use her expertise wherever she felt necessary. She did, and we're very happy she did. Part of our plan was that I would catch our baby. This part is a little bit different because not all doctors are going to be okay with dad catching the baby. I went to my wife's doctor visits and I got to know our doctor. Since they were my wife's visits, I respected that time and made sure that they were focused on her, not me. But when the time was right, I would ask certain questions. We also told the doctor that if she would allow that I would prefer to catch the baby. She thought this was a wonderful idea and was open to it. And again, I know not all doctors are going to be open to this. It is a liability for them, after all. That said, she was more than happy to work with me. When the doctor and nurse finally walked in and indicated that it was time to start pushing, we were all very excited. The nurse asked, how involved is dad going to be? I said, as involved as the doctor will allow, I'll deliver the baby if she'll let me. Since the doctor and I had discussed this ahead of time, the plan went along fine. They brought in a gown for me, and the doctor showed me how to gown up and get into my gloves. She then had me by her side the whole time. She explained to me what was happening. She explained to me what we were doing to facilitate the path for the baby to emerge. And once we got to the point where she expected our baby to come in the next push, I was ready, and I was ecstatic. Our baby girl's head came flying out. Once she crowned, she came out quickly. Her eyes were wide open, and she was looking right at me. Her face was beet red, and she was screaming. And once her head emerged, I saw that the umbilical cord was wrapped around her a few times. So the doctor took the appropriate steps to get the umbilical cord from being wrapped around her neck. 
She then said to me to get ready to grab the baby. She guided my baby right into my hands. I held her up right in front of my face and just stared at her. I was in love immediately. Our little moment was broken by the doctor reminding me to put the baby on my wife's chest for skin-to-skin contact. So I laid her down and watched as my wife and my baby bonded, and it was a beautiful moment, certainly one I'll never forget. Now, again, I'm not advocating that a good dad catches his baby. No way. Dad should do what is best for himself and for his wife and family. What I am advocating for is to have a plan and to execute that plan. The nurses are not your enemy. They're wonderful. Yes, I did have trouble with my first nurse, but she was not a bad nurse. She was a great nurse. And it was probably my fault for not setting appropriate expectations when I first saw her. There's nothing in the delivery room or throughout the whole process that I could not learn about or have access to. I made sure that I knew what we had at our disposal. I made sure that between my wife, myself, and our doula, that our roles were clear. I did my very best to remove the obstacles that I could foresee that might interfere with our plan. The last thing I wanted in the delivery room was confusion, interruptions, or anything contrary to my wife's wishes. We were all a team, and it worked out wonderfully. At least for me, meeting my baby was probably one of the most transcendent experiences of my life. It was absolutely unforgettable. Those precious first few moments, being the first person in the world to hold her and look at her in the eyes, are forever in my memory. I can picture it like it happened five minutes ago. And it is really fulfilling to me to know that I played an active role in the labor and delivery. As I prepared to own the room during our baby's delivery, I felt very empowered. I had a place in that delivery room, and my place in that room was to be a voice for my wife when she wasn't able, to execute our birth plan, to provide my wife with the tools and the resources she needed at any given moment, and to ensure that expectations were understood between us, the doula, nurses, and our doctor. I think the labor and delivery process is a perfect opportunity for dads to be actively engaged and supremely helpful. Owning the room is going to look different for each couple and probably for each child. So figure out what it means for you to own the room and, well, own it.